gay Yasuo players. You didn't get anything. Um, I mean, em. this is this is something out there Listen, for people Yasuo that are still players are like Noxus listeners. You're not going to get what you're here for. So move along. <laughs> no, no. Noxus fans, we're going back. Don't leave us. Don't listen to this man. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 44. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. And we got new set hype. Uh, I, I love it. I love getting to play when all the new cards drop. Finally, uh, if you listen to our past uh, patch episode, our past patch episode, <laughs> um, we talked about it and now it's out. It's all here. We got all the cards. Uh, people are brewing. There's hell in the streets. Reddit There's blood is, everywhere. Reddit is already calling for Irelia's blood, yeah. which it's like after how many months of just Ionia being a meme, we couldn't give it a day. Make make Ionia good again. Like, Wait, not like this. The first the first one, like it was like day one before day one, Irelia nerfs were being called out for. Yeah. It's like, guys, guys, please, please, we finally got back to a place where Ionia is playable. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, you know, we'll start off with housekeeping real quick before we hop into the uh what we're playing. Uh as always, you can listen to us okay. everywhere. Uh, follow us on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. That's at Podcast Core. That's Podcast C-O-R. You can send an, an email to podcastcore at gmail.com. Leave a like, follow, and a short review slash comment. We appreciate it. It makes us look good. It pushes us up so more people can listen to us. Uh, but for your friends, tell them to rest a millennia and listen to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Mm. Mm. Nice. Nice. I, I would like to rest for a millennia. <laughs> That's too long. We got to put out episodes. Hatch. How the hell? What kind of 1,000 year schedule? That's not going to work. 200 years. 200 years. The one true schedule. Um, so state of the game. Uh, I'm not playing anything yet. The season just started. I haven't even. I have one deck I'm looking at, but I'm not even, I don't even know if I want to play that. So I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, but I'm gonna get in there, probably brew a little bit, see if I can find the uh, workaround to the nonsense and bloodbath I've been seeing on Reddit while I've been working. Uh, so we'll see. What, 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 have, what have you been messing with? Uh, I, I we all know. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I already said know. what it was gonna be. I <laughs> and I'm holding true to my word. I am playing with Quinn Irelia right now, but it's um. What a hipster. Uh. <laughs> Like I, I have it built around with Grand Plaza, mm -hmm. so that way it still plays kind of like the Azir build that everyone started off with. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, Swim. Um, which the Azir build is a lot more consistent, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, it's still just like if you get Grand Plaza down on curve, it's that nut draw of just mm -hmm. attacking with two ones for free. Uh, I've. I've only gotten it done one time, but I have flipped Quinn on the turn that I've played Quinn. That's disgusting. Oh, it, uh, that I mean, it was a. I technically I didn't get to flip Quinn because yeah. they conceded 
all of the second attack of like the second blade dance but and then it was like oh i haven't even scouted yet and they just quit so could, could you imagine i think future us is probably going to listen back to this and be like huh crazy how they just took blade dance out of the game as a patch <laughs> Uh, like reddit gets what they want and irelia is just removed from the game yeah future us that would be on theme for irelia and league of legends how many times has she been nerfed (laughs) yeah uh future us uh let us know how it goes reference this again in a couple episodes and see see how fast uh riot turns us around yeah future us hit us up on uh podcast core at gmail Leave a like and a short review slash comment. All right, so let's hop into the cards. We're going to hop into the main topic. You knew it was coming uh, with these new releases. A chip off the old block. Uh, That's right. We're we're talking about chip today. We actually wrote Uh, the title first, and then Riot created the set. That's right. Crazy how that happens. That's right. This, you're welcome, Terror <laughs> community. This is all us. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do just a little bit of a mix up on this, which is I'm gonna talk with about the follower first. So um, we're because we're talking about Malphite, but we're talking we're gonna talk about the real hero of the day, which is Malphite's son, and that's Chip. Every you, if you have been paying attention to the game of Runeterra and this launch coming out, everyone knows Chip. Everyone loves Chip. We would all die for Chip. Um, but let's go ahead and just talk about the card itself. It is a one mana, one one. Once you've summoned a landmark, this game grant me plus two plus two. Um, the wording on this was a little confusing. It's still like kind of makes catches me to where it's like it's worded to make it feel like you have to play chip and then summon a landmark uh to get the plus one plus one but the reality is if you've summoned a landmark i get plus two plus two um and targon targon with this set has gotten a uh, a couple relatively cheap landmarks um, instead of just only being the um, Targon's Peak. But uh, also, this is a set post-Sharima. There's a ton of landmarks out there, so you can pretty easily get Chip to be a 3-3. Um, I have, I did get to play against one guy playing Malphite, and he curved out Chip with the attack token, so I took one, and then the next turn played a uh, the Predict... Uh, landmark that summons a clockling so then it was a 3-3 on turn two it's like okay yeah like this like that feels pretty good as far as your early game and it's not a dead draw which is nice but uh, they want people to play chip they want people to play chip we all want to play chip anyways i think chip could have just been a one one with vanilla text and we'd all be on point um people play like no champion decks with chip Uh, My favorite part of this card is with what they decided to do with the uh, flavor text here. The quote. There's Um, a story. Yeah. It's broken into parts as Chip's story. And we got a little taste of that when we looked at Sharima with the journaling um, that was related to a lot of like Talia's friends 
and their cards. Um, that whole gang as they're kind of running around Sharima getting into, you know, kid adventures. So we had that that kind of representation of a continued story across multiple quotes and cards. So to see them bring that back under an already beloved character is really cool to see. It's it's awesome. There we're with the cards that we're gonna talk about today, there's gonna be a couple of the parts uh that we do talk about, but I think there's like five. Um so Go look at some of these new Targon cards and read through his little story. It's it's very yeah. nice. I will I'll give one more hint as to another card that has it, but there it's worth reading. It's adorable, but it's also really fun to see these stories. All right, so that's going to take us to the spell. So the spell is going to be Ground Slam. Um, so Ground Slam is a four mana fast speed spell. Stun a unit. Deal three to it if you've summoned a landmark this game. Uh, again, like I said with the with Chip, the this is post Sharima, and with this new set that just dropped, we're getting uh, Targon got more cheap landmarks. Getting that three damage is fairly easy, but in at the end of the day, it is still a four mana stun card with a little bit extra, which we've seen before with um, uh, Concussive Palm from Ionia. Uh, I did say previously that it's like, hey, Yasuo players, you didn't get anything. Um, I mean, this is, this is something out there Listen, for people Yasuo that are still... players are like Noxus listeners. <laughs> you're not going to get what you're here for, so move along. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Noxus fans, we're going back. Don't leave us. Don't listen to this man. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, technically this is some Yasuo support. But like I said, um, one that would be Yasuo Leona if you're playing that instead of the Yasuo and Noxus. Which I mean, it's a different deck, and since there are new Targon cards, it probably could be better. Uh, who knows? But the other thing with it is it's a four man. It's concussive palm like it. If you're playing Yasuo, that's already a mana slot in your four drop that's taken up by a card that leaves a body on your board instead of potentially being removal, um, which Concussive Palm ends up usually being a removal in Yasuo decks anyways. So it's this this one, like, I'm excited to see if people play it. I'm excited to see if more things that are done with Malphite, but we'll get to that when we get to the champion. Um and the flavor text on this is a direct quote from Chip. Not part of the story, but a direct quote from Chip. And it's, oop, yep, that's just the ground shaking and not Papa doing nothing with his hands. Nope, okay, onwards and upwards. Chip. The official voice actor. Chip. We got him. <laughs> got him. We got him I'm on com- retainer. <laughs> I'm coming for that job. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool card, you know, Targon getting some direct damage uh, with with a little bit of extra work there uh, is only going to make me hate them more. So uh, let's move along. Let's move along to the landmark here. <laughs> cough, cough, hush. Cough, cough. Cough, um, cough, hush. All right. So as far as with the landmark, let's talk about one of these cheap ones that I just brought up. So Rockfall Path. All right. So Rockfall Path is a two mana landmark with countdown two 
obliterate the weakest enemy. Um, if you've listened to our show before, you already know that we are we're already a little bit fond of this card because we like the obliterate keyword. We like these keywords that don't have a ton of support, but that do the 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 ones that receive some support to show that Riot is paying attention to it and at least pushing it forward and not just shoving it completely out of the way. We like seeing that and obliterates a really fun one because it's it doesn't trigger any dying effects. Um which right now I haven't really seen anything that's like trying to take advantage of dying effects, but at the very least this is something that will be in Targon's arsenal later on. Um and if Targon gets to a point where we start seeing some uh ASOL decks coming back, this could be a really powerful card to have at least a couple of for potential control mirrors. Because if you're playing control mirrors, this is always going to hit something valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really cool card. But the other fun thing with it, flavor text. This is part of the chip storyline. So this, um, I think this one is part three. Yes, this is part three. Um, at the very least, I've already seen five. But yeah. I haven't gone through all of it yet. I think, I think we have like purely five honest. or six. And then we also have the narrated bits where he's just talking. Um, yeah. they, they put as much chip and okay so here goes the conspiracy theory is did they do it before he popped off or after oh man I, text is easy to add it's very easy to add i, I mean i i'm going to argue that they did it after uh yeah like, i i they probably had some like the story i, I like the crazy. i like the conspiracy of guys just being quick to be like yeah, yeah. okay this is it go go Let's go go it. we gotta sell um, these plushies I mean, Riot's smart, so it's I'm I wouldn't take it against them from like just go ahead and put it on there after it popped off. If they yeah. put it on before, that's just five head. That's, like that is they, they knew what they were making. That's some big brain plays, man. <laughs> yeah, it's and it, it's great because one thing you'll see, you know, once we hop into Mile Fight here, is that uh he doesn't talk much. <laughs> similar to the game similar to characters like Ramis, he's not one for a lot of words and we're, we're gonna tell you why <laughs> uh give us Ramis. give us Ramis. okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so let's hop into it um this is an interesting approach to lore here because it's essentially the birth of a champion Right. Uh, we talked about we've talked about more ephemeral creatures. We always go back to Nocturne you know, being the concept of a nightmare. We've talked about whimsical characters like Lulu. We've talked about characters that are grander than life. And then we've talked about Zillion, who's trapped in between time, doing his best Doctor Who impression. <laughs> <laughs> that is Doctor Zillion strange to you. Doctor Zillion strange. Um, but yeah, this is the birth of a champion, and this is picking up right where Zillion's story leaves off. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that episode. It just came out. If you've missed that and you already came here, you're doing it wrong. Actually, go back to the beginning. Go listen to the Garen Lux episode. And then yeah, we, we have here. episodes for all the champions out there so that you can get caught up. We're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever listening, you're like, I'm lost. You yeah. shouldn't be. Now, if you're listening, you're like, I'm curious about Nox's characters, not us. You're at the, this is the wrong podcast. 
You're looking for casuals obnoxious. They're one podcast over. <laughs> one podcast over. So, so we pick up after Zillion's story. And, you know, this follows this 2,000-year legacy of, you know, Sharima uh, up to this point where they're dominant. They control a bunch of stuff. Uh, this cataclysmic event happens. Um, not so much Runation 3.0, more like a Runation 2.5. Uh, but this is the first time they get faced with their serious threat, which is uh, Icathia falling um, to the void. And the void becoming more and more prevalent of a problem for all of Sharima, not just Icathia alone. So we have Sharima armies or Shariman armies trying to fight off the void. Uh, but one thing they're noticing is beings grow stronger when you fight them. You've probably seen this behavior uh, when you played the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And even in the art, you see this concept of damage being done and them getting bigger and bigger. Uh, that's something that carries over here too. And what's happening is as they're fighting the void, it's growing. It's spreading from the original you know, catalyst of the Icathian ruins at this point up to the Ixtal jungles. And now they're like, okay, we need to do something. So we have a powerful and arrogant, because you can't have one with the, the other, uh, elemental mage named Nazuk. And Nazuk is an ascendant host. Uh, so what he's doing is like, okay, you know what? I got this. Pass me the ball, coach. So he goes to the emperor and he's like, hey, I can create a weapon powerful enough to not only fight the void, but to cleanse its source. Big words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like it, it's about it's about just making the sales pitch. All right. You get the funding and then and then figure it out. You gotta get that first round. <laughs> <laughs> so then he reveals, OK, great. I get the blessing. I'm going to start working on my new creation. And he reveals the monolith which is a giant floating fortress of living stone. Uh, you've seen this in fantasy. This, is, this concept isn't brand new, uh, but it is kind of ridiculous, but they're fighting the void, so you need to do what you got to do. So, I, I, I mean, it, yeah, you could say it's kind of ridiculous, but again, we're talking about like some Cthulhu levels of world ending. Yeah. Just like everyone has been pointing out all the art that shows the void and just yeah. like it's just spreading out just nonstop. So yeah, maybe it's time to go ridiculous. What what if Nazook showed up and he's like, all right, here you go, and he just drops a bunch of single shot rifles with bayonets. <laughs> just and some like, muskets. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> no, he no, he just shows up and it's like, all right, I got you. And it's just a little box and you open it and it's just a slip of paper that says, I owe you. <laughs> Round two and of then, funding, baby. And then there he's off. <laughs> <laughs> so not only does he build the fortress, but in order to drive that baby, you know, if you want to run a good cruise ship, you got to have a good crew, right? And he fills it with powerful elemental mages like himself. Uh, and then also some Ixtali, uh God Warriors. To protect its walls. So soon after the monolith is built, they're like, all right, let's put this baby into action. That's why we built it. And they start taking it towards the ruins of Icathia to battle vo voidborn monsters. So this battle goes on for weeks on end, and the fortress is actually struggling. It wasn't an easy feat. It wasn't like something that was going to be a walk through the park. It was a huge undertaking, and that shows. Um, you're starting to see, you know, the mages and warriors do some damage, but the void responds in kind, 
and it's doing even more damage. Uh, and a lot of that is magical damage. So what you've probably seen in other fantasy uh, representations is whenever you have one opposing magical force interacting with another opposing magical force, there's usually some byproduct there. <laughs> the yeah. trans fats, if you the, will. Uh, collateral damage. <laughs> uh, like there's, there's a lot of ways that we could phrase this. Um, yeah. But we, as far as every time we brought up the void, it is, you know, a, a, uh, a plane that goes to consume. So if it's going up against a magical source, it's going to try to consume and overtake and make it a part of its own. And then we get some bad stone. Some bad stone. Some also corruption known on as the monolith. Malphite, which is the Ixtali word for bad stone. Um, yeah, the surface of the fortress is getting damaged and getting seared and these unnatural scars. And these scars are magical scars that are being left on the fortress itself. So there's a final stand, as every great battle has, and the fortress crashes into the ruins of Icathia, creating a bigger problem. Because you now not only have this gaping maw of a void, you'll not only have the remains of what was, was Icathia, but now you have this giant magical fortress crashing into the ground, creating a, a, like a, a tapestry of uh of new landforms uh yeah. that are magically infused and, and specifically since it's falling in icathia it's like it fell into an ant bed yeah yep. this is the this is where this is ground zero of the void at this point <laughs> uh the only thing that's safe is zillion's tower and he's he's out he, he's not yeah, even he's a part not, of this he's not here right now he said nope he's probably watching but because he, he has all the channels, as we learned in our last episode, he's watching with a coconut just <laughs> filled with his favorite beverage, just shades on and just like, all right, that looks like fun. <laughs> Not for me, but looks like fun. But it's always spoilers, right? Because he knows how it ends. It's not even a good show. <laughs> and no one's even there watching it with him. He's just talking to someone that's frozen out of time. Like, yeah. watch this part. I love it. So if you're still here and you haven't listened to that episode, you are probably so lost right now. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry, but it's, we can't help it. So after it crashes, um, the fortress essentially starts to become lost to the void, right? Certain pieces just go directly into the void. Um, others kind of sit, but they're getting sapped of their energy. And there's only one survivor, which is Nizuk himself, but he kind of just pieces out. He's like, you know what? What am I going to do? I tried. Uh, I got my round of funding. I cashed out. I'm now a billionaire. Time to leave the company. This is all This is all an analogy for startups, by the way. I, I, <laughs> if you haven't caught on at this point, <laughs> this is purely a metaphor. <laughs> Wait, that that kills the joke. You can't just <laughs> you can't just give them the like. That's like a magician revealing his tricks. I'm trying to help out our younger listeners <laughs> who don't understand the brutal world of capitalism. Oh God, we're old. <laughs> so we go. We move on from Nazuk being the only survivor. The battle's over, and from this point, we just get time. We get time passing. So, so the the most of the fortress that's remaining is actually being drained of its power slowly by the void, which is powering the void more. Um, but there is one isolated shard because it is a story 
of power that remains buried super deep beneath the surface where the void can't actually reach. Um, and it's slowly regaining its strength. So one thing to keep in mind is the whole fortress was built with the idea of the self-healing magic. It had mages tending to it so it could fix itself, but because of the constant damage that's being applied during the fight in the void, they wanted something that could maintain itself as well to some degree. So if you take that little bit of power, that little shard, you give it a couple centuries, it awakened into something greater, something Malphite, which became a legend of Runeterra title card. Boom. Transition. <laughs> 40 episodes. <laughs> All for this moment. We did it. We I'm so proud it. of you. Thank you. Thank you. Take a and, bow. And as most stories in Runeterra, you know, it travels and people have their own tales of it their own fibs that they tell um, most people have their own story about actually seeing malphite and this goes from targon to zon and then some people just say well i didn't see it but i've heard it like i i know those rumblings or that earthquake that happened that wasn't that wasn't natural that was malphite he's saying something he knows something um and after all this time one thing that is being ingrained in malphite is what was ingrained in the fortress for its purpose which was to fight the void and because so much time has passed the void is reemerging as we've heard through other stories and he's now becoming more cognizant of the fact that his job is to fight the void uh yeah. so hey yeah, i'll fight the good guy it's almost like uh it's almost like the gargoyle legends yes. at this point it's like the void uh, pops up and it wakes up the gargoyle like that's and it's like okay and here comes malphite um, the true question is uh who gargs the gargoyles who gargs them, who gargs them? <laughs> so let's hop into the card before i get ridiculous um malphite before. is a pretty straightforward card uh kind of what you expect i think the greatest thing about him is the art uh, because we finally get to see scale as far as this design of Malphite, and people are already calling for, hey, make him the size of the map in the game, too. It's like, come on, be, <laughs> be reasonable. <laughs> come on, nerds. Like, come on, we're better than this. Do right, you know how cool it would be if, like, you get the, the prismatic for yeah. Malphite, and instead of it actually just changing the border on his card, whenever you play, Mal whenever you flip Malphite, yeah. it just changes your game board. <laughs> so, like, cool. whatever board you have equipped just gets changed into a Malphite board. That would be dope. I, I think that'd be sick. You should and then it's like, in. look, and now it's Malphite. You know what you should do? You should hop on our Twitter, which everyone should be following, and at Riot and be like, hey, do hey. this. Hey, Riot. Have this on my desk by Monday. <laughs> I'll just put that in the company email. Yeah, put in the company I email. have that power. I'm <laughs> not Malphite, lying at all. <laughs> yeah, Malphite's a very straightforward card. Uh, he's a seven cost, six ten, uh, dumpy stamp of approval. Uh, we're going to get that stamp. I'm, I'm working on it. We're working yeah. on that stamp. I mean, not just dumpy stamp of approval. Yeah. He also is tough. That's he like an extra tough. dumpy. Like, it's... <laughs> Mm, he, chef's he, squats. he squats he squats yeah. he squats <laughs> uh but his uh his flip his level up ability is you've summoned 12 plus mana of landmarks which isn't difficult when i level up if you have the attack token create an unstoppable force in hand uh which is a card that has an ability it will get there but when he does flip uh he goes up by one like most cards the art changes to something also cool of him doing this big, like, Hulk smash ability. Uh, and now he has, when I'm summoned or round start, if you have the attack token, create an unstoppable force in, in hand until you win the game. 
uh, because that's essentially <laughs> we're gonna tell you what unstoppable force does. No, you uh, win the game. No, no, you just win the game. You just win. GG. Yeah. <laughs> unstoppable force is a two cost, uh, slow spell with fleeting that says stun all enemies. Whew. You have a seven eleven, by the way. <laughs> so it's just it's just as effective as effective as his Alton game, which I think is great here. Uh, and they make you work for it naturally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I like I'm glad I'm glad that Unstoppable Force just has like that power to yeah. it because it if it didn't have that power to it, this would be a very underwhelming card in yeah. all reality. And I, we a joke. LeBlanc 2.0. <laughs> lol. Um, and we do joke, but it's still like this. It, it's still not something that's just like immediately game winning. Um, it's a very powerful effect, but it's uh, Malphite's not seeing a lot of pay, play like off of this first week of being in the new patch and kind of rightfully so uh, there's definitely some more cards out there that are a little more competitive but i mean the animations on this guy is like okay this is what exactly what i wanted to see as far as having malphite come into the into room terra like it's it all just feels malfight like yeah, this punching is... and shaking the board and just it's it's explosive and he, hetch's idea just makes me uh sad that we don't have even more of an effect with just rocks falling on you know imagine having that um feeling from the lore itself with every time he do a slam like rocks fall on the board and then they can disappear God. but it would just look cool you you get to do the slam and it actually just knocks up the cards like yeah. the the opponent's board just gets like knocked off of a table. Yeah. So then it's like so then it gives you the feeling of like playing an actual card game instead yeah. of a digital one too. It's like, like oops, can't draw cards. Just, I knock them all off the table. I just win the game. Layer on layer on layer. <laughs> but yeah, so Malphite, you know, it's great representation. Um, it's cool to have him in the game in this form. It's going to be cool to see him fit into the lore further down the road. Uh, but we are at that point in the episode, as always, where I ask Hetch a question or give him a challenge. Uh, and this one is a question. So out of all the reasons we covered so far in Legends of Runeterra, um, which one has your favorite scenery? Ooh. Which we got a lot of landmarks in this one for Targon. We have landmarks for Sharima. They were put, put a focus on it, um, but we've never really talked about the uh, the the you know floral and fauna of the environments around uh, and what we're drawn to, right? Because I, listen, I love my queen, right? But Freljord doesn't oh, have no. anything. It's just it's just like ice and vast emptiness, and it's not really. That, that aesthetic doesn't appeal to me. But which aesthetic appeals to you, Hedge? I guess I should go first, right? I I, I mean, you nice usually do. I usually like, do. Now, I wasn't going to be mad if you made me do it, but then like yeah. you started saying that it's like, it's not Freljord. Wait, is yours Freljord? And then you were like, like after you said it's not Freljord, it's like, I'm not going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're already halfway there. Just answer the question. I'm a tease. All right. <laughs> It's Piltover's on. I know you wouldn't expect it, but Piltover's on to me. I always like. Well, I'm a city boy. I live in the city of Atlanta, right? It's it's what I like to do. It's my it's my scene. And when it comes to fantasy, I love dense 
places like hustle and bustle you have the struggle of the you know rich versus poor all that you know chem chemicals in the streets you have the rich neighborhoods you have the wonky neighborhoods it just creates an environment for, for social distress <laughs> I love the city. Like, why you why did you city. like? I, I love the chemicals of the streets. What? <laughs> like one, yeah. Atlanta's not that bad. All right. Like it's, oh no, by no every, means. Everybody, like anyone outside of Atlanta, <laughs> like he's he's talking too much crap about my neighboring <laughs> city. Canceled. I may be in a suburb, but it's still my city. <laughs> all right. But two, we. We don't get chemicals in the streets. We just have pollen in the streets. We just have pollen. Like we're we're definitely closer to Zon than anything else. But instead of like the the green Kim punks, the Kim smoke going yeah. down, or like getting the Zon gray. Yeah. No, we just got that Atlanta yellow. Yeah, I I love yeah I, I love the scenery as it pertains to the story. Um, in this case, not so much like oh I would want to live there or it appeals to me just purely aesthetically. Yeah, right, uh, my mine is a little bit more of like I would like to live there. Nazis. Um, uh, <laughs> <I dare you. laughs> um, but like it's less like the actual location and mm -hmm. more just what it is, which for me it's Bilgewater. Um, yeah, I past, yeah. I would love to live waterside. Yeah. Uh, like even if, if it was like a big city that's waterside or a port town that wasn't necessarily big. I would just love to be waterside. I would liquidate everything I had to just <laughs> own like a little shack that's just big enough for a cot. Yeah. And then spend the rest of my days on a boat. And, and I'd one be happy gigabyte fiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just live the rest of my days on a boat and I'd be happy. Um, so okay, I, makes sense. For, for me, it'd definitely be Bilgewater. Um, obviously, the fact that it's all pirate themed is just a plus. Like, it's just it's, a plus. It's like hell yeah, pass the rum. Let's Who doesn't do this. love a shanty once in a while? <laughs> I'll sing a shanty and I'll hold somebody up at at blunderbuss point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, be, I'll be fine on the butcher docks. <laughs> so with that, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. And you probably know what it's gonna be. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, let's see if we get to talk about it pre-nerf post nerf <laughs> yeah like uh, how, how much is a how much is bomb. riot listening and yeah go ahead make your guesses yeah yeah when they <laughs> when they gave zillion the time bomb ability they weren't talking about that <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were getting themselves into oh my goodness all right well, take care everybody <laughs>